0: Uh, I want to ask you a question as we get started here. How many of you have ever aspired to be a better listener? Lots of hands going up around the room. And the reason that your hand is going up is probably because somebody told you at some point that you weren't a great listener. (laughs) So somebody probably said at one time or another, I wish you would listen more. And and the fact is, is that we all could raise our hands and say we need to listen more. Some of us just don't know it yet. If, if listening is part of, half of, maybe more, part of, of effective communication, wouldn't it make sense that we focus on it more? If active listening, try to be better at it. Um, let me ask you a question. Do any of you know any bad listeners in your life? Maybe you're that person. Maybe, I, I don't know. Have, 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 isn't that frustrating? How many of you think that you're a bad listener? Raise your hand like one, maybe one and a half honest people in the room. I say half because somebody like barely (laughs) squeaked their hand up. There was a study done back in the 80s and probably many more times since then where people were asked, do you uh, think that you're an above average driver? And if I asked you that question, you probably see hands go up. The result was 90% of people who were asked this question said, yes, I am an above average driver, 90%. 90%, 90%, yet yeah, the, the National Highway Traffic Administration says that there are car accidents that happen every single minute in America. Every minute, every 60 seconds or so, the average, there, there is a, a car wreck. 90% of people say they're above average driver, but somebody's getting in those wrecks. <laughs> in fact, the, uh, the automobile insurance company says that uh, you are likely, if you're a driver, to be in at least four accidents in your lifetime. Isn't that crazy? But yet 90% of people say that they're an above-average driver. Now, there was another part of this study that they were looking at, and it's actually a condition that we're all prone to, and it's called illusory superiority, which basically means that you have a bias when it comes to your quality and your abilities to say that you're better at it than somebody else, whatever that happens to be. You've got this bias about you. Here's the point. A lot of us think that we're really good listeners, but we probably don't spend a lot of time asking the people in our lives if we are or not. A lot of us would say, yes, I'm a, I'm a good listener, but, but the people around us might be able to tell us a different tale. I think that's why Jesus said in, in Luke eight eighteen, he said, consider how carefully you listen. He was making this really big point to them, and he wanted to make sure that they didn't just hear sounds, but they actually did something with it, that they, they took it in, received what was said, and actually did it, actually obeyed, actually listened. Why would he say that? Why would he say give careful attention to the way you listen? I want you to remember this. Listening is the only way you learn, and without learning, it's impossible to love. Listening is the only way you learn, and without learning, it's impossible to love. And the reason why I say that is is because I want you to name one person that, that you've ever loved more because they knew everything about you. Name one person that you've loved more because they heard you, because they put you on a pedestal, because they put your needs first. You won't be able to do it. Now, they might be able to say that they participated in some sacrificial love of Jesus Christ, but you're not, because listening is the way we learn, and without learning, it's impossible to love. When somebody's not listening to you, it's impossible to feel love. When when you're not being heard. There was a couple who, they weren't speaking to one another, And they just couldn't seem to get it together. And every time one tried to talk, the other would jump in and push back. And every time the one tried to say something, the other had something to say back. And finally, the person said, what's the use of me staying on speaking terms if you're not going to be on listening terms? And so they just quit talking to each other. You can't even feel love if you're not heard. If listening is such a big part of communication, then shouldn't we be better at it? Effective communication. We're in this series called We Need to Talk. It's about effective communication. And the reality is, is as human beings, we stink at it. We, we have this thing on this planet called sin. And at, at its root, sin is selfishness. And it leaks into every part of our life. It's this attitude that says, me first. We all have it and when we talk and when we communicate with one another our natural knee jerk reaction is to put ourselves first and that's why we stink at communication we're we're constantly fighting the urge to put ourselves first when it comes to communication but listening is a way you take somebody in Listening is a way you learn about somebody. Listening is a way that you learn to love somebody because you begin to understand who they are. And when you have two people that are doing that, the result is a love like Jesus Christ. So today, I want to go a little deeper, and I want to talk about three reasons why we should be listening, why we should be effective listeners. Maybe for you today, it's, it's why I should become better why I should strive to become a better listener. So I just want to jump right in. The first reason I have for you today is this, God said so. Just say that with me, God said so. God said so. Listening is a priority in Scripture. God said so. The word listen in the Bible occurs 352 times. And we hear the word hear 379 times. Would you say God cares about the way we listen to each other? God cares about the way we listen to him, not just hear sounds, but actually take in and listen and receive? One of those times is in James chapter 1, verse 19. Uh, it says this, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Say quick to listen. And slow to speak. And then he kind of correlates it here. And slow to become angry. How can you be quick to listen? That didn't even make sense. I can talk faster, but how do I listen faster? How how, how do I listen faster? The imagery he's giving us here is when it comes to listening. We should show up uh, early for the conversation to listen. But when it comes to talking, we should show up late. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Why? Because the longer we listen, the more we understand. And the more we understand about somebody, the less likely we are to get angry. Because you know what? Everything a person does makes sense to them. There's logic in what someone else is doing. Sometimes, even if it's wrong, then maybe they make a mistake. There's still logic in what's the, what what they're doing. Everything they say, everything they do, it makes sense to them. But we sit back sometimes, especially when it comes to close relationships like our spouse or our children, and we think they're nuts. <laughs> We think, they're, what are you doing? You're crazy. What is wrong with you? But it's, it's really because we haven't taken the time to listen. We haven't taken the time to try to understand them. We, and we all know what it's like to be hurt by somebody who didn't care long enough to listen to get to the point where they understand you. you, you don't, you're not heard, and so it ends up being a hurtful thing. And James is saying this. He's saying, listen first and talk tenth. Notice how I didn't say talk second. He's saying listen, listen, and listen, and listen until you can't listen anymore. Make eye contact, use body language, communicate to the other person that you actually want to be there and you actually want to hear. I'm not just tuning in my ears just so you can get done with a sentence so I can interject what I'm saying. He's saying you need to take in what somebody else is saying. Be present. Give them their, your, your full attention, and then reserve your right to talk only when you've understood Now, does that sound like fun? And as human beings, we all say no. (laughs) It doesn't sound like fun because we have this thing in us that wants to put ourselves first. But that's not listening to the point of loving. Listen, studies say you only remember 25 to 50 percent of what you hear. That means when you're talking to somebody, you're typically paying attention less than half of the time. Isn't that amazing? You think we can curb that? Yeah, it's by actively listening to somebody. I wonder why we only hear and we only take in less than 50% of what somebody says. Well, the reason uh, is because you're constantly thinking about what you're going to say next or something completely different because we're not interested. We've heard it all before. So we tune out and we have these conversations in the back of our heads that are going on and we're thinking about something completely different. We're completely tuning out what somebody else is saying because we're either bored or because we're trying to think of what we're going to say next. And so we miss the complete context sometimes of what they're trying to say and essentially we miss them. There was a, a story I heard about two rednecks who were hunting out in the woods and one of them falls to the ground. He doesn't appear to be breathing. His eyes rolled into the back of his head. And the other redneck gets really freaked out and starts to panic. He whips out his cell phone, calls 911, and he frantically just bursts, bursts out to the operator, my friend Bubba's dead. What, do I, what What? can I do? And the operator's trying to calm him down and says, okay, well, listen, I, I can help. I just need you to listen and follow my instructions. First, we need to confirm that, that he actually is dead. And so there's this short pause, and then the operator hears this gunshot. And then he comes back on the phone and says, okay, now what? So just if that you didn't get that bouncing off the wall, it's going to come back and hit you in the back of the head in just a second. The, the way, what I'm trying to say is sometimes we hear words without listening to the real message that somebody's trying to say. We think we know what somebody's going to say, but we don't listen before jumping into unnecessary and unhelpful conclusions. And so we just try to interject what we think or try to anticipate what somebody's going to say. When in actuality, we don't know until we've stopped long enough so they can talk. And we can understand in full what, what, what it is they're trying to say. You may have heard this before, but there's a reason why you have two ears and one mouth. You're supposed to listen twice as much as you talk. God said that we should listen, but it's because he knows our relationships thrive when we do. And our relationship thrives with him when we take the time to really understand his word. as him speaking to us in prayer. And sometimes prayer is not just talking. Sometimes prayer is, is shutting up and getting quiet. And quieting your spirit and removing the distractions and just taking time to listen, to hear in context what it is that God may want to say to you. So we should strive to be better listeners because God said so. Is that good enough? We could really stop right there, but I'm going to go a little further. The second reason you should strive to be a better listener is because we all want to be heard. The fact is, is you should strive to listen more because you want to be heard. One of the main points that we made a couple weeks ago when it comes to effective communication is that you reap what you sow. So if you want to be heard, then you need to be willing to listen to other people. You need to be willing to listen to what the other person in your close relationships are trying to say. Healthy communication is a dialogue. You know what a dialogue is? A dialogue is when two people are listening and two people are talking. But the fact is, is because we live in this world called earth and we have sin in our lives and we want to put ourselves first, we don't want a dialogue, we want a lecture. We do. We, we want to be heard, but we don't necessarily want to listen. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13 gives us some wisdom on this. It says, the person who answers before listening, that's their shame. When you, when you answer before you've really taken the time to listen, that's, that's to your shame. Have you ever been so anxious to make your point that you had no idea what your mate just said? <laughs> they said it, and you, we have lots of people that, that do that. And so they end up, well, that's not what I said at all, but they, they anticipate it, and so they jump back. And, well, I, I, I thought you were going to say, I, I thought, I assumed that, you know, and then you, you the, the rule of holes. You ever heard it? If you want to get out of one, stop digging it. <laughs> so, but, but we, we, we don't listen, we just kind of interject. And so you fire back at one another, and neither of you hear anything and that goes absolutely nowhere. I heard a good fix by Pastor Jim uh, that he said he he learned a long time ago and I love this. If you have to debate something, especially when it gets heated, then do it in slow motion. Calm yourself to the point where you you're going to take in everything they say before you come back. Do it in slow motion. And he said it's the biggest tension reliever when you're having to talk things out. Slow yourself down. I am going to debate this. I am going to talk. I am going to be in this maybe tense conversation, but I'm gonna do it in slow motion, which means I am going to discipline myself to not talk until I've heard exactly what they're saying. Does that make sense? Do it in slow motion. Take time to digest what the other person said before you ever give yourself the right to to form a response in your mind. Is that difficult? Yeah. But it's only because we're selfish. <laughs> and and we, we get it honest because doing this means putting yourself second and putting the other person first. Job, in the Bible, he had a problem similar to this. Remember Job? I think everyone has at least heard his name before. Uh, in chapter 31, verse 35, Job says this, Oh, that I had someone to hear me. Have you ever felt like that? Oh, the, I wish somebody in this house would listen to me. I, I just want to be heard. He was going through one of the darkest days of his life. And just real quick, catch you up on the story. He, all his kids died in one day every one of them. He lost every one of his resources. He was one of the wealthiest men around, lost everything all in one day. And on top of that, his health started to go. The Bible says that he got boils on his skin and was sitting and s- literally scraping the, the stuff off of his skin with, with, uh, with broken pottery. And in the middle of all that, his friends come. Now, to their credit, they sat there with him after they saw the grief, and they, they, they heard about it, but when they got there and they took in the magnitude of what he went through, the Bible says that the grief was so bad, they actually sat there for seven days and didn't say a word. So you can imagine just the visual of what was happening in Job's life. The problem was, is after seven days, Job started to speak up, but then they started to talk too. <laughs> they it's it's like they they didn't listen, they just they just started to chime in and they said they started saying all this stuff about well, you must have sinned, you must have done something wrong in order for all this to happen to you, and so they weren't committed to listening, they were committed to fixing they were trying to fix his problem, and in chapter sixteen, verse two through five, this is what Job says to them it's pretty interesting. He says, I have heard many things like these. you are miserable comforters, all of you <laughs> he said, well Will your long-winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing? Because I could also speak like you. If you were in my place, I I could make these fine speeches against you, and I could shake my head at you. He said, but I'm not going to do that, and I wouldn't do it. My mouth would be encouraging to you. Comfort would be coming from my lips, and it would bring you relief. He, He just wanted to be heard. He wanted to talk it out, and I think deep down, we all have this desire in our relationships just to be heard. We need to listen because at some point, we'll need to be heard as well. Because in effective communication, we reap what we sow. And if you want to be heard, then you need to learn how to listen. And it is amazing, it's amazing to me how willing somebody is to listen to you once you've given them the respect of listening to them. When you give them that same courtesy, they are so much more willing to listen. We reap what we sow. And when you take the time to really listen, you'll eventually find yourself being really heard third reason we should strive to become better listeners, and this is this is kind of what I want to harp on for a minute or two, is that there's contentment in listening. Now, I said a minute ago that we all live in this world, and it's sin-cursed, and we all have to live with the effects of sin, and part of that is being inherently sinful and, and selfish, and we want to put ourselves first. And so when I tell you that there's contentment in listening, a lot of you, myself included, first reaction is to go, no, there's not. <laughs> there's contentment And someone here in me, there's contentment in me getting something off off of my chest. But that's really not the case. From a spiritual standpoint, there's contentment in listening. Because I I can get things off my chest and say things, and it might satisfy my flesh for a little while, but then it leaves me empty. And I want to ask you, in your life, the things that you're going through, and in your life and in your relationships, do you want contentment on a temporary basis, or do you want contentment to last? Paul, in the Bible, he was a man that went through all kinds of situations. In fact, there were times that he was living high, and there were times where things were so bad he was being beaten because of his love for Jesus Christ and his commitment to spread the gospel. And people didn't like that. And so he was persecuted. And there were times where literally one particular time he was stoned and passed out from it all and drug him outside the city, left him for dead. And he came to and got back up and kind of went to it again. There were times where he was beaten. There were times where he was put in prison. And he wrote this letter to the Philippian church. And it was during one of these times. He was in chains. He was in prison when he wrote this. And he's writing to them and he says, I I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I've done both. But then he says this. He says, I've learned the secret. Say learned the secret. I've learned the secret of being content. I've learned the secret of being content. There, there, a secret means that it's, it's, it's a mystery. Not a lot of people know what it is. And learning indicates that he has, he has taken something in. And he said, like, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well-fed or hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want. And then he says this, and this is the verse that we've probably all heard before, and if you haven't, you can hear it for the first time today. But he says, I can do all of this through him who gives me strength. He's saying, I, I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. Now, we say that, and we, we all probably have that, that verse written somewhere, or we've put it, some of us have tattooed on our bodies, and we just we want to remember that part. But we forget about the part where he says, in order to be able to do that, I learned something. I learned a secret. I committed myself to taking in something that not a lot of people know, and in fact, maybe I didn't know to start with, but I took the time to learn it, and all of a sudden, I find myself being content, and after contentment comes this, this, this discipline in me, it comes this strength in me that says, I can do everything now, because I know Christ is going to give me strength. Now, I, the, the, let me get nerdy on you for a minute, the Greek context there of learning a secret, it had, learning had something to do with shutting a mouth and taking something in, shutting off the mouth and opening up the ears. It's this context of, of, of quieting down long enough to where you can take something else in. Because being content in God is not a result of you having a eureka moment. Being content in God is about your perspective of Him changing. It's about your perspective of His love and His ability, His power, shifting. And that comes from being quiet enough to take Him in in His fullness and in truth. Being content in your relationships are always gonna start with you getting quiet enough to take in the other person and understand them. When you're listening, it's the only opportunity you have to learn. When you're listening, it's the only opportunity you have to take in and to get better. Nobody has ever talked their way into a certification or a degree. Not one person. They've learned their self into one, but they've never talked their way into it. Why? Because you only have the opportunity to learn when you're listening. And it could be the very reason why you're not content in the relationship maybe that you're in right now. Because you can't figure them out and you don't know why they're being so crazy. Is it because you haven't shut up long enough to to learn them long enough to understand them? Is that why you're not content? Because the best things about somebody else are only discovered when you learn about them. The, the treasure inside somebody is only discovered whenever you understand and whenever you take, have taken the time to be quiet enough to learn who they are. You may be settled into thinking that, you know what, I'm just not compatible with that person, and the only choice I have is to throw in the towel. I say that there's treasure in your relationship yet to be discovered through listening. I say that there is a a unique thing that only can happen between you and that other person if you both would take the time to listen and learn the other person. Did you know that the very best things about God are not revealed while you're doing all the busyness of life and talking and, and trying to get it all out and bustling around and busy, busy, busy? But they're revealed to a quiet heart that's taken the time to listen and learn in His presence. That's when the best things about God are revealed. Now, I, I don't know what your situation in life is. Paul, in this verse, he was describing some pretty rough situations. He said, I, I know what it is to be hungry. I know what it is not to have anything to eat. Most of us say, you know what, I don't have anything to eat today, but we're not really hungry. You ever had your kids tell you, I'm starving, and you're like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, you might be hungry, but you're not starving. Paul was in a place where he, he literally didn't have anything to eat for days and days sometimes not having the resources it takes to just live, just the the simple necessities of life. But he's saying there's a secret that I learned, there's a secret that I took in that caused me to be content, shutting my mouth, stopping the complaints, and listening to what God is saying to me, listening to what God is revealing to me. Because when I hear his voice, there's a few things that I start to begin to understand. I, I begin to understand that he's got my back, even when I think he does it, I begin to understand and I begin to learn that he's for me, not against me. And so when I get in these positions where I don't know what to do next and I think God's forsaken me, it's normally because I won't shut up. I just keep talking or I'm, I'm indulging the, the, the natural thoughts that come into my mind that make me feel something else, that make me want to talk and get it out. He's saying, but when, I, when I'm quiet enough and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm shutting my mouth, that's when I begin to understand that God is for me. That's when I begin to learn and begin to understand His ways. I begin to understand that He knows my needs long before I even ask for them, and He's going to supply my needs according to His riches and according to His glory and mercy. And when I know that, contentment is a natural byproduct. I would go even further. When I know that, contentment is a supernatural byproduct. God can certainly thunder to get our attention but he's often described as a voice that whispers to a quiet heart. Whispering. Psalm 1, it describes this person that takes in God's Word and meditates on it and and, and gets quiet with it and and divulges it and and takes it in. It says they're blessed. They're like a tree that's planted by a resource of water, living water, and always yields fruit in season, and his leaf doesn't wither. But you go back, why? Why? Because there's there's a quiet person there listening and meditating. Could it be that your contentment and your relationship with God has little to do with circumstances? Could it be that your contentment and your relationship with God has more to do with listening? Not talking, not getting it all out, but after you've told God, sit back and get quiet and learn His way. Spend time in His Word. Hear what He's really trying to say to you listening and learning. Paul described it as a secret, something that not many people find. But when he found it, it wasn't just contentment that came his way, but he went on to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The contentment you need in life, the contentment you need in your relationships, and the contentment that you need to begin to understand that God is for you, not against you. Could it be found if you stop looking to say, Stop looking to speak, but get quiet enough and learn to listen. You'll never be more content than when you have understanding, and you'll never understand more than when you've taken the time to listen. I believe that's what God wants to tell us today. Close the mouth, open the ears, and understand that's the only time that we're going to take in and learn from our people that we're in relationship with and from God. Can I pray for you? I'm going to pray for myself too because I just said a lot of stuff and I didn't necessarily listen. You were on the listening end. But I'm going to pray for myself with you because I need this just as much as you do. So let's, let's pray together. God, there's a group of people in this room today and, and listening online and there's a pastor standing on this stage that knows listening needs to be a a bigger function in a communication that we have on a day-to-day basis. So Holy Spirit, today I've, I pray that you have opened up our hearts, opened up our ears, but I believe you've only primed us. You haven't zapped us into better listening. The fact is, is that when we walk out of here, we're going to be challenged to do the opposite, but effective listening, active listening, is something that we grow in, and that means we're going to have opportunities to do the opposite, to do what we've always done. So my prayer is that when those opportunities come, that we take them. When those opportunities come, that we, we seize it and we say, I will be a better listener right now, even if it hurts, even if I'm frustrated, even if it gets down to the core of me. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen, understanding that there's a treasure in somebody else that I can't really understand until I've heard them and understand them. God, in our relationships with you, forgive us for being so busy that we haven't taken time to listen to you. I think sometimes, God, we, we, we know your word, and we qu- we're so quick to quote it, and I think that's a great thing. Your word says, speak it out. But Lord, don't let, don't let us settle for, for hearing, for, for only kind of relying today what we read yesterday. Let, let, us, let us hear you. God, let us get into a place every day where we listen for your voice, knowing what your word said, knowing the direction of our lives and and, and what you've said about it. But God, let us get to that place where we're always willing to hear. God, say something new to us. Give us fresh revelation, Lord. Give us fresh, open up our eyes to the treasure that's in your word and how it applies to us today. Don't ever let us settle for for grandma or grandpa or mom or dad or, or some pastor's words to us. Those are great, God, but let us get with you You died for us, individually. And your word says that we we can come boldly before you to find grace and mercy, not just in our time of need. Lord, but there's so many other places in the scriptures where it says that you desire us to call us close, to speak. So God, help us to come to you that way and hear. Help us to get through the, the uncomfortable part of just sitting in your presence because as a human being, it is uncomfortable sometimes. But let us get to the place where we can sit and just listen, just think, and maybe hear what you have to say to us. And let that be a a springboard into every other relationship in our lives. Listening. Not doing all the talking, but listening. I pray you bless this in the name of Jesus. Lord, there's some people in the room today that maybe are hearing your voice today. They're hearing it right now. And I just kind of want to want to kind of turn the light on for you for a minute maybe you feel that in in your heart that god's speaking to you and maybe you haven't given your life to him or there's areas of your life that you need to surrender to him i just i want to tell you he's talking to your heart today and he's saying i want you to give that to me and my question to you is, is would you be bold enough to say yes right now not when you have it all in place not some contingency later on but would you say yes to him right now he's not asking you to give it to me when you feel ready because you're never going to be ready. He's saying, I have everything you need. I have all the provision you need. And I want you to say yes to me now and walk in faith that I'm actually going to do what I said and I'm going to take care of you. Would you be willing to say yes to him today? If you would, I, I just want to pray this prayer. I wonder if you'd, if you'd hang on to it and pray this with me. God, I need you. And I'm, I want to say yes to you right now and give myself to you. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it means you're perfect and it means you're going to come into my life and help me. And I'm giving you the decision-making privileges in my life. I believe that you really came to this earth to die for me. And, and it wasn't just some menial thing. I was, I'm not a perfect person. I could never be. So I could never try to get into a perfect heaven with a perfect God being an imperfect person. But you came to this earth and you died for me having lived a perfect life. I believe that and I believe that you rose from the grave and you're alive now. And I just want to accept you as my Lord and, and give you permission in my life to lead it. I give you permission to do that. Help me. Help me to live every day for you. And help me to understand that when I do that, you're going to help me to be at just the right places at just the right times. And you're going to provide in my life and give me what I need until one day I stand before God the Father. And if there's ever been a question as to why I deserve to go into heaven, it's not going to be because of me but it's going to be because me accepting you and what you did for me, your perfection in my place. Thank you for giving me that opportunity, and I'm grateful for that. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.